to episode 14 of Scott Survives Survivor. My name is Brandon Weber, and first of all, before I introduce Scott even, a very Merry Christmas to all of our listeners out there. Uh, we're so happy to bring this episode to you on Christmas. Hope you have a great day. And we have Scott here. And Scott, do you have any big Christmas pr- plans today? Merry Christmas! Oh, it's that time of the year again. Uh... Yeah, of course I have plans. Brandon, thanks for asking. You know, carving the turkey, opening the presents. We're all, we're in our jammies right now recording this on Christmas morning. And uh, I can't wait to get into the Survivor finale. And that's really the first present I'm opening with you is talking about this episode and deconstructing it. The best present you could receive was being oh so close to picking the winner right from the final Ah. seven. How would was I to know that my winner pick was willing to sabotage himself? I don't know. I don't know. You'll, I guess <laughs> it's just part of the learning curve that you'll get to experience over the seasons. Yeah. No, learning which players are going to self-sabotage. <laughs> yeah. The Tina uh, win, so surprising to me. Uh, Looking back at the original 16 survivors, there's no way I would have ever suspected that Tina uh, could do it. But I think, I do think she does deserve the win just based on how she was a pretty nice person, but also completely willing to be cutthroat if she needed to be and recognized it was a game. And I think she played it way less uh, psychopathically than uh, the previous winner of Survivor. So um, I know we'll we'll get way more into this later, but uh, it was surprising, but makes sense. I'm happy for her 20 years ago. Yes, yes. Hopefully she has done all of the things that she said that she was going to do with the million dollars, pay off her house, pay off her friend's house, and set up the fund to help in need families once a year i wonder if the tina fund is up and running still 20 years later Hmm. i uh, i'm i'm gonna be cynical i don't think it probably made it past five years yeah i haven't heard of this since then so uh tbd maybe i'll look it up after but yeah i'm excited to dive into this finale with you it's the first time that we've had an episode start with only three players. And so because of that, before we start, what do you think about taking like a couple hours of just reflection before we start uh, really diving into this episode? Because mm. I think that was the theme of this episode was reflection. Yeah. If we both go find a hilltop somewhere and just respect our recording studios that we're in, I feel like we haven't really respected them, paid our our dues to them. I think that's a great idea. And just reflect on the journey we've had so far as podcasters. Okay, there you have it. We'll be back in a couple hours. After a couple hours of silence, you'll hear our voices again. I might cough occasionally, but other than that, just thoughts. Just thoughts. Okay, and we're back from we're our back. we're back from our reflection. And Scott, I gotta say, you talked about uh, re- reflecting on our podcast studios, and my door to my podcast mm-hmm. studio yeah. is broken. And so I actually appreciate the studio a lot less 
than I did before the reflection. How did it go for you? Um, When I was reflecting on my studio, I was looking at this bright light behind me in my Zoom camera, and I don't like the way that it changes the the camera kind of adjusts for the contrast whenever I move my head out of the way of the light. So I have to say that I am way less appreciating my studio as well. Well, that differs us from our survivors from Survivor Season 2 because they did a lot of reflection over these last three days and they came to appreciate the environment that they were in along with the environment back home, the little things that they missed about home. So let's dive in we're gonna open on day 40 elizabeth has just been voted out the night before and we keith opens us up with we have three days this is what the 42 days is all about it's about these last three days and everything else becomes just a product to get to this point i feel like by percentages the, thir- the first 39 days are a big part of getting to the last three days, don't you think? I would say, yeah. I would say those 39 days, crucial. Crucial in getting to the last few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Colby is sleeping the best he slept the whole game, and that's saying something because I feel like Colby has been a great sleeper throughout this game. He slept in. He had the mouth open at some point, sleeping, uh, sleeping in in the morning. So that says a lot that he's even sleeping better now than he has been because, you know, it's just a culmination of voting out fifteen or uh, thirteen other people to get to this final three, and really they've had to kind of battle fourteen other players because the environment has become the seventeenth player, and it's been kicking their butt worse than the other players have. Oh yeah. For sure. I also think his rest, his extra rest right now can be attributed to the fact that there's just fewer people in the game right now. uh, And he knows that he's sitting really pretty uh, in the final three. He sees Keith and he he knows he's going to eat Keith up. Keith is, he's, he's playing with his food at this point, uh, Colby. And he knows he's going to at least walk away uh, from this game with, a hundred thousand dollars uh and you know it's it is the end of the journey whether or not uh the final steps have yet to take place Mm -hmm. he does say that day 40 is 10 times harder than day 20 was because they're just so drained they've had so little food for so long that you know it really is taking its toll on all of them so they're thinking a lot about that and what it took Mm -hmm. to get here uh tina was journaling over by herself uh, up on up on like a cliffside yeah. and she really can't believe that she's here I never thought I could get this far I have developed more into a strategist and it worked to get me from 16 to 3 um, right did you feel a little bit more shaky about Colby at this point and like we're getting more from Tina here than you have been uh, just the fact that they're showing her more. Yeah. Or that uh, she is, you know, talking about being, like, a strategist and having a strategy. Oh, that did not make me waver about Colby at all. In fact, to the end of this episode, I was certain that Colby would win. Um, I did find it interesting. It really does seem like uh, 
these three survivors no longer feel like they have to worry about uh, the opinions of the other survivors, even though they still do. It's just like, I think at this point, they feel like they know each other enough that they can just kind of do what they want to do. They can go off on their own and not help out, even though there's not much to help out with, but but they can isolate themselves and still feel safe in their standing. Uh, it's like the uh, the scores are already in, mm-hmm. it, as it were. Right. Yeah, Colby talks about the only person he's been 100% honest with in the game is himself, and he says that... And so if you trust somebody, it's your own fault. You're a fool for not playing the game. And those are pretty mm. strong words from Colby. Yeah. We've heard words like that echoed before a lot from, I think, our previous winner, Richard Hatch, uh, probably said things along those lines many times. Uh, this is a game, and you need to play it like a game, and these are not your friends. They are uh, they're not your enemies either. You're, they're your opponents, and you just treat them like opponents. They're still people, but in this case, in the context of the game, they are opponents. But... As fun as that is to say, Colby didn't really treat uh, Tina like an opponent uh, <laughs> in this episode. I feel like he was—he tried to act more honorably. Yeah, he definitely didn't treat her like an opponent here. They were basically a team of two, and for him, who whichever of them won at, in the end was like a team victory. So he was perfectly okay, you know, taking the second place spot, knowing that or you know taking tina with him knowing that he might not beat her so yeah it's a very interesting dynamic between the two of them Uh, before we get to the final two uh, we have a long long episode before us and it starts with some arts and crafts that they're going to get in the tree mail that they're going to have to make their own idol to you know reflect on their time in the outback right that scene of them uh, all sitting in a circle, working with the the little beads and the the feathers or whatever. Uh, it was very humorous to me. It it really did seem like uh, just like a kindergarten craft time where they've got their buckets of uh, materials and they're all kind of like, ooh, I wanna I'm gonna do a a bear totem. I, no one really got that interesting. I. Maybe you can correct me on this, but my understanding was that at first was that they were to to carve uh, these totems. It seemed like they were all log shaped by the end of the uh, the craft. Yeah, I think they got tired of trying to carve them uh, mm. at risk of just completely mutilating them. <laughs> like we saw Colby doing a little carving with like an axe, and then yeah. I think uh, Keith was doing some with like a knife, perhaps. But they mostly used it to make lines towards, you know, the top and the bottom so that they could, you know, color it a different color or something. Yeah, a little disappointing. I was expecting some really professional woodwork, but I guess that really wouldn't make sense because the average person does not possess that ability. Yeah. Yep. And Tina talks about being proud to be the only woman left in the game with two men. And it's similar to the end of season one where we had Kelly and then Richard and Rudy. And then here we have <laughs> Tina with um, with Colby and Keith. So uh, she wanted her idol to be feminine. And I, don't, I didn't really take a close look at any of the idols, but I thought that was a cool thing that they included that, you know, Tina especially is proud to be, like, representing 
you know the the women that came before her and and got voted off so yeah cool yeah. of them to point it out in the year 2001 yes yeah yeah 2021 probably not as as much focus <laughs> on that but yeah interesting that she brings it up here and they are gonna go to sleep that night uh but before that they're gonna reflect on you know how long the game has been and they really spent that first night all talking all night and staying up and they're kind of feeling bittersweet about the end of the game nearing especially for the one person who's going to get voted out before the final two they're talking about wow one of us won't be here Mm -hmm. tomorrow night this is our last night here and colby talks about if it's him if he gets voted out he'll take it like a man and tina's not even gonna pretend she says i'm gonna have a hissy fit and (laughs) and cry and ball if i get voted out next that's yeah um i highly doubt that i think at this point they're all just happy that they made it this far and it feels like a victory already for a lot of them and i also think that both colby and tina know who will be voted out next as long as you know keith doesn't win immunity i think they're pretty sure he's gonna be the one to go right yeah i think they both would have taken the other one the only worry for Colby is if Keith won, then he would probably take Tina with him instead of Colby. So, mm-hmm. yep, the only mystery is who's going to win that final three immunity challenge because that's the only person who will vote. Keith says there's no voting block anymore. And, you know, he talks about it's about who you want sitting next to you in front of the jury. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they know that uh, the, the rules of the game have kind of changed and the strategy has changed here. You don't want to necessarily keep the most trustworthy person. But it turns out Colby ends up keeping the person that, you know, he went through the whole game with and had a good chance to win. Yeah. I have such mixed feelings about that, by the way. Mm-hmm. We'll get to them. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to get there. They're going to get their last tree mail, which is pointing them to their rites of passage journey that they're going to take to walk past all the torches of the previous survivors. I realized yeah. uh, after thinking about it that you know this this tree mail is a it's like a book and they're flipping the pages and it's like three words per page. Yep. And it's to mimic what they're going to do at the challenge, which is like put one answer on one page and then flip and do the next oh, answer on the next page. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. It just watching it it just felt like the most inefficient way to get the the message across and just an absolute waste of paper. As there's yeah, there's two words per page and she's just flipping and it sounds like a third grader reading level, maybe second grader as she's only able to read two words at a time Mm -hmm. yeah and uh we find out later that this is called a tablet back in the year 2000 right yes long before we would hold these new electronic uh tablets in our hands yeah i think this challenge today with a tablet would just be like you're just swiping to get to the next page and so you would just have the whole challenge it'd be like a kindle and you'd have the whole challenge written out on like one kindle page so interesting how the difference in technology leads to a different presentation for tree mail <laughs> are you hinting about uh future technology used on the show brandon i don't think we ever see a kindle i don't know if amazon 
you know, uh, spends its advertising money on Survivor Tree Mail. It'll be whatever Doritos, whatever tablet Doritos is making these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they're making one. Uh, <laughs> you know it. Yeah, it's called the chip. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Tina's feeling the warm fuzzies coming on, and she's breaking down about somebody leaving and about the game coming to an end. She is confused about why she feels so sad because, like, this experience in a lot of ways has been so miserable. Yeah. Uh, she says they've been put through the ringer, but, you know, being that close with a, a small group of people for that long, I, I do see the merit in being, like, a little bit confused about your feelings uh, yeah. about leaving. Yeah, that, you know, this the theme of this episode's reflection, and we made fun of that as we made fun of our, our studios earlier. But uh, them sitting around the fire and, and talking about uh, what had happened uh, really had me reflecting on the fact that they've been there for a really long time, mm -hmm. like 40 days. That is a long time. It's a long time to be that close to people. It's a long time to be that far away from your home, just so isolated. Yeah, they're going to they're going to have a weird attachment to it after all that time even though they're all starving and so ready to go home yeah and tina loves australia and she loves the outback i mean to be fair i don't feel like she got the full you know the regular australia experience of of living there as in, in like civilization but just like going to sydney looking at the opera house yeah but the, she, a little different she does love uh the, their version of australia that, they, yeah. that they've gotten to experience um so yeah it was it was cool that that she felt that way and you know colby talks about that they have an emotional attachment to each other and he says he doesn't love the other two like his family but you could call it love. And we know that he doesn't love them like his family because I never heard him say anything about a conjugal visit with uh, Keith and Tina. That's very true. We all know anyone that Colby loves, he com he makes some weird comparison about a conjugal visit. And he he's trying to be sweet, bless his little coldster heart, but it comes across as a little creepy. <laughs> yeah, but... You know, they do have an emotional attachment and they've grown close. Oh, yeah. And then they're going to get to the torch walk and we're going to get, you know, the little clips of every survivor who has been voted out previously. And uh, the first thing I noticed was Deb is Deborah on her torch. So they got the full name going for Deb, our first victim from this mm. season. And the highlight for me of this, and I think that you would probably agree, was uh, the scene of Kimmy getting like pushed under the raft as yeah. they uh, like fell in the water in the first challenge. Yeah, these the, this montage seems like it's supposed to be like emotional recounting, but we just see Kimmy just terrifyingly being pushed under as the I think it's the first clip they show of her. Uh, which is it was a really dramatic moment on the show but it's it just came across as very funny so like oh kimmy and then she's struggling for air while being crushed by this raft yeah yeah as their like torch goes out and they get dis <laughs> disqualified from the yeah. challenge yeah but she does have the redeeming moment of her winning the eating challenge which is like the fifth time that we've seen it now and uh oh. hopefully the last why do they like showing that clip of that worm guts all over her tongue her giant tongue Ugh. yeah 
And then once they're done with this walk through the torches, uh, they're going to do something a little different, which is reflect on their time mm. in the outback. And so they're going to, they have their idols with them. And it turns out the idol's purpose is eventually going to be to get thrown in the river, which seems like an interesting way to give back to the environment that they've been staying in. Yeah, I think uh, probably mostly biodegradable, I think. Mm-hmm. Mostly. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is weird to just like, you know, you could have planted a tree or something. You're just throwing dead wood into the river and it's going to float down and somebody will pick it up one day and then sell it for probably a lot of money online. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if these were ever found. Do you think the Herbert River gets a lot of foot traffic? Uh, <laughs> it, I, I'm sure it did, as people probably were looking for these items that were just freely floating. Hmm. Um, I think a cool way to give back would have been to throw the coral into the river. Maybe go back to the Great Barrier Reef and put the put the coral back. Get some gorilla glue and yeah, put it back. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that would have been a much much more uh, appropriate. And then you know, CBS has a has you know their um uh, you know has skin in the game there because they they're gonna have to pay that fine for Colby. Oh, so yeah. They're like, hey, let's uh, bring him back to the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put all this coral back. Um, yeah, so they're going to reflect some more. Keith's realized that it's not really about the money, and he'll walk away with something more valuable than the money, which is, you know, this experience, and it's been a cleansing process for him. And he he says he doesn't think he has a chance at the million dollars. Yeah, these are words. It's not about the money. That's That's a word of someone who is very, very sure that he will not be continuing on in the game. Uh, but I, I admire him for his honesty here because yeah he didn't he doesn't really stand a chance uh, between these people even if he did somehow make it into the the final two he's not going to be the favorite over either of these people it's you know he just messed up the rice too many times mm-hmm. well he if he had done better at the immunity challenge here he could have at least gotten the hundred hundred k for second so yeah I wouldn't check out quite yet uh, but he does not do very well on the uh, questions about the former contestants no yeah he was our richard here i'm pretty sure richard did pretty poorly on this challenge yeah and colleen made fun of him for that yes yeah and tina makes an interesting comment about uh she's going to go back and nurture her family for the first time and i thought that was interesting as uh you know her kids are relatively you know they're they're not babies right now and she's like never nurtured them i don't know i just found that interesting tina has spent her whole life trying to get on any reality television show she's finally done it and now she can she can be the mom she always wished she could be mm-hmm. yeah and colby in a similar way is going to appreciate the things at home more uh that he's been taking for granted and yeah that's pretty much it for this reflection and then they're gonna go to their final immunity challenge and yeah this is what jeff tells them to just sit down and hold their tablets and this would have been a very confusing command for me if i had been there in the year it's like, where is it yeah where's the tablet what kind is it just say ipad yeah where is it yeah well they didn't get the apple sponsorship so they couldn't yeah. couldn't say ipad <laughs> uh, but yeah it's just basically uh 
large notebook. Um, and it's the challenge that we, you know, we got in season one. I think there were four people left when they did this one in season one. We just talked about Richard not doing so well. And they've just walked through the torches of all of the former contestants. And now is their time to answer questions about them to see if they were actually paying attention to them when they were in the right. game. Really obscure questions. And a lot of them very impressive that they knew the answers to. Mm-hmm. And I, I talked about how Keith didn't do very well here. And he even got credit for Roger's hometown, even though he didn't quite uh, get it right, where it was Crittenden. And he wrote like, Critten or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said, but, I, c- I couldn't spell Crittenden, but he didn't even put a third syllable. So I thought that was very interesting. It's so crazy that they got that, though. Mm-hmm. I, at all. I mean, he he had heard it and remembered it, even though even though he didn't, you know, write exactly the right word. He's not from, like, Louisville, Kentucky. He's not from Houston, Texas. This is, like, a random town. I'm sorry if you're from this town and you're a listener, but I've never heard of it. And I'm guessing these uh, survivors didn't either, but they somehow latched onto that. Do you think, Brandon, that based on their watch through of the first season, they were intentionally trying to remember little details about their fellow survivors? I think that's possible. Um, Tina did have a journal with her. Uh, I, I believe she was like journaling earlier in the episode, so she might have like had all this written down, and you know, Colby was like putting it in his Colbster, Colbster brain for later, uh, and then and then Keith. Some, I mean, I think Keith and Roger were relatively close as like the two older older men on the on the uh, Barramundi tribe. So yeah, yeah, interesting that they all knew that one. Um, I guess when you're getting to know someone, that is like the first thing you ask them. So. Yeah, and they were with Roger for like. Let's see. They were with him for like 20 days or yeah. something. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Any of these questions stick out to you or any of these answers surprise you? I'm, lo- I'm reading through the questions here. Uh, thumb rings, both Jeff and Alicia mm-hmm. had thumb rings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't notice that. I wonder if Alicia was wearing hers on the jury during this segment. Mm, so they could just look over. They're just like, what? Yeah. What jewelry do they have on? Mm-hmm. And then I liked, uh, well, we didn't know, I don't think, that Jerry spent 12 years in Germany. Yeah. That's like half her life. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is really crazy. Yeah. Um, And it's also, I feel like it speaks to Jerry a little bit that she wasn't bragging about that all day long she didn't need people to know that she'd spent time in europe yeah yeah and then uh i liked that you know keith in the first 10 questions only got four correct and uh is eliminated at that point so it's just going to be between colby and tina and again it goes down to the final question which is about the whose proudest moment is making the dean's list in college for five semesters that is i I, I have no words. That is that's your proudest accomplishment. You just had good grades in college. Amber in this show, I think is like twenty or twenty one oh. or something. So, okay. That's fair. Yeah, she was like twenty two when this was filming, so she probably just graduated college. And I imagine right. so that stuff is kind of like on her mind at the time. She hasn't really started a <laughs> career yet or a family. 
Yeah, that's fair. I, I, you're right. I went into that with too much judgment at that age. I hadn't even done that. That's definitely a better accomplishment than, I mean, I still would have my, I, I had pretty good grades in college, but I still would have chosen a different proudest accomplishment. Like, Oh yeah. One time I, I had the longest record for like a slip and slide. Mm-hmm. It's like 400 meters. Like, I don't know. It'd be something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that a, is that a true fact about you? It might be. Okay. I guess we'll have to look at the old record books to find out. Um, so it's going to be Amber, who is the right answer. Tina guessed Nick and was wrong. So Colby wins his fifth immunity challenge in a row. You can't stop him, whether you're playing matching game or fallen comrades or, you know, any type of game. You can't stop him. What is is this just luck how is he so proficient at like everything and just mm-hmm. he just keeps winning his yeah. nutrition and ability to eat food probably did not play into this victory here i yeah i don't know uh he was just paying attention very well to his tribe members i guess he's just a good competitor yeah but he wasn't good enough no, not well. He was not quite selfish enough to win this million dollars. That's for sure. Mm. And I noticed, okay. I noticed that they didn't give him the immunity necklace this time. Yeah, they just kind of skipped that part. Yeah, they're like, whatever, because like they made a scene at the beginning where that he had to pass it back to Jeff, but then Jeff didn't pass it back to him. So, uh, yeah, I'm surprised nobody said, "Oh, I'm gonna vote for Colby because he <laughs> he doesn't have a necklace on." Mm, that would be interesting. Jeff would have to open the rule books and say, "Yeah, that's legal." Colby never, no, Colby never that, got yeah. the necklace from me. He wasn't wearing the necklace. Yeah, but he is gonna be the only one to vote, and shockingly, he decides to vote Keith out instead of Tina, who would give him a sure victory over Keith. Yeah. Um. It is. It was so shocking. It's like. Yeah, okay, Tina's out here immediately because, I mean, Colby versus Keith, Colby wins any day. There's There would be no contest. Um, and part of me does admire that decision because they've been together so long and he's like, it's not even about the game anymore. It's not about the money. I just want this to be a good competition and for it to be fair. But uh, I, I I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. He He... He really could have easily won the whole game and gotten the million dollars. And I don't know. I just feel like uh, Richard wouldn't have done that. He would have knocked Tina right out of the game and taken that million. You know, I thought Survivor, I was being trained to believe that Survivor was a game where the snake eats the the rat. But I just saw the snake uh, let the rat go in this scene. Um, But, you know... It's 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 a stand up thing to do and I, I do like the fact that it's very clear Colby has gone through an emotional journey where he can make a decision like this at the end and see the human uh and want a good competition and uh to stay true to his loyalties rather than just snatching that million dollars so easily. Yeah, he votes Keith out and we've been getting little hints throughout the show that he has been wrestling with this dilemma for a while now whether he wants to you know be selfish or be uh be like do philanthropy or Mm -hmm. 
selfishness or something he talks about in a previous episode um you know where he's not sure he's had this debate with himself whether he wants to make sure that a good person will win or give himself the best chance to win but you know you know taking keith accomplishes both where he knows he's going to beat keith so there's no risk of keith winning the million i don't think uh so Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think he it's an interesting decision and uh you know in some ways i respect it and in others if he really wanted to win and thought this was the best way to do it then it's it's completely wrong so it depends on you know this is why these are people playing not like computers so it makes it interesting that does make it that's so true that that is what makes the game interesting so i can't be too upset about this unpredictable uh decision in the game yeah especially in season two i mean like this is there's no like blueprint you know for winning yet there's only one winner prior to this season and colby talks about that that you can't predict the winner of the season so we'll see if you will ever predict the winner of the season early on because colby says you can't do it it's impossible you can do it there's a one in 16 chance okay the odds aren't in my favor but i know it's possible colby (laughs) definitely possible uh i'm gonna bring Colby's uh, vote for Keith from the DVD uh, here where he says you did good my man you surprised everyone including yourself so congratulations Mm. wow yeah Uh, surprised himself sort of a backhanded compliment there yeah it kind of is yeah (laughs) you surprised us all by being somewhat decent and lasting this long so yeah Um, so bye 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 Keith uh no, nobody is there to cook for them on the last day so i don't know what they're gonna do because he's the cook so they will have to look at the back of the the rice packages and figure out that recipe themselves yeah and jeff tells them that tomorrow is going to be their final tribal and final vote so at this point you know you're feeling a little worse i'm sure about you know if colby had just taken keith you're like i got it i got colby right from you know the final seven but yeah. you know Colby's going to win this but with Tina is a, l- a lot more up in the air. I I think I said earlier that I thought Colby was going to win until the very end. Getting to this part I I'm recalling that that is completely false because as soon as Keith got kicked out of the game I was like, "Oh, any- it's anyone's game now. I literally don't know who would be voted as the winner between these two people. I have no idea." Yeah. Uh, so I mean it made for a better episode <laughs> for sure. Oh, for sure. I think if he votes Tina out here, then the last like hour of this would be such a drag. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's interesting that, that that is how it ended up happening. So, yeah, we get there uh, back from Tribal Council, and Tina talks about, you know, after they vote people out, there are always different emotions that they feel. When they voted Mad Dog out, we know that they were very sad because of the sad face on Tina's vote for her. Um, And then, you know, it was awkward when they voted Elizabeth out because she was such a constant uh, with them through the whole merge game. Uh But after Keith left, they were a little happy. (laughs) We finally got rid of that annoying cook man. Mm -hmm. And they pretty much spend a little bit of this night just bashing Colby or bashing Keith. Uh, Colby says, like, you know, it's the best feeling I've had. Uh, you know, at least Keith won't win a million dollars. That's like the best part of this whole thing. Dang. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, so brutal. I don't know. They they said they wanted the two best people to be the last two, but I don't know. This doesn't seem like a, a best person quality to immediately bash the person you just went on this emotional journey with. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is like definitely going to be on TV and like they just talked about like did all this reflecting as a three. You know, they were through yeah. the whole literally the whole game together. So it is interesting that they immediately start this, you know, uh this tour of bashing Keith to, you know, to mm-hmm. each other. And then start burning stuff at camp just like season 1, kind of unoriginal. Mhm. Do we have to burn everything every time? I think we burn a lot of stuff a lot of times, so oh. I'll say that. Oh, boy. Yeah. They just like burning everything. I think it's just cleaner to burn everything instead of, like, you know, trying to find a garbage can out there. That's true. Um, I'm just kind of now realizing maybe it's because they had to give up their camp, but they were burning way less iconic things than in the first season. I really liked in the first season where it's kind of like a walk down memory lane where we see the super pole and i think rudy's uh tent gets or is the parachute or whatever it was that they used as the diner roof gets burned and all these uh little references we're seeing get burned and and here it's just it it doesn't feel as like as iconic to me i guess yeah they did lose a lot so that's probably why yeah Uh, yeah (laughs) through the flooding they probably didn't have that much to burn I feel like there was a jacket in there, though, for some reason. I don't know if I'm making that up, but I think I saw a jacket in there. I think they fetched Keith's totem out of the water and, and burned, that. burned that as well. They're like, he doesn't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. That little rat. Yeah. We hate that guy. And Tina talks about how most of her jobs have been like minimum wage jobs. And so it, it feels good for her either way, whether she wins or loses, to contribute more to her family financially. So that's, I think, a sweet moment that Tina's like, wow, like I I did something that will, you know, help at least in the short term with, uh, you know, getting some extra money for my family after like working a lot of minimum wage jobs. I really liked that inclusion of her saying that. Yeah. Um obviously they included that because she would eventually win the money. <laughs> yeah, she was <laughs> going to contribute substantially to uh her family's financial yeah. situation. I've got a pr- a production question for you Brandon that just came to mind. These people, these survivors have to go out and survive in the wilderness for upwards of a month for a lot of them. And during that time they're away from whatever job they were doing and suddenly they're not making any money or are they do the survivors get paid just to be on the show in order to i don't know sustain themselves uh financially they definitely make some money for being on the show uh, but they do all have to like quit their jobs uh if their job won't like because they really? can't they can't you know they have to hide that they're going so they just have to like quit as if they're you know quitting normally you know i never even considered that that's huge yeah that's huge i don't i don't know if i if if offered uh a survivor spot if i would immediately just say yeah i'll quit my job so i can film this yeah. for maybe a month maybe a week yeah maybe a day yeah <laughs> you know yeah like that's crazy but uh and of course when i say that of course I would, CBS. We know you're listening. Mm-hmm. Have us 
Have us be survivors. I'll do it. Well, we I'll talked my job. I think in our first episode, Survivor Podcasters, it's coming. And oh, yeah. we would love to be there. So include us for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think Tina says good night, my friend, to Colby. So these two are are super close and they you know, that is clear throughout the whole rest of the episode, especially when they're waiting for the votes to be read. They have a very close bond throughout these 42 days. So mm-hmm. it, it really is the, the right two people for it to come down to, I think, for TV purposes. Sure. And then, uh, yeah, on the final day, we talked about they're burning everything. We saw some boomerangs in, like, a box, I think. Uh, I was looking for coral. I didn't see any coral. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah, not sure where that went. Is it also illegal if you don't bring the coral out of Australia? If you just burn it, will it make its way back to the Great Barrier Mm. Reef somehow? I think that, yeah, any if coral is destroyed, it will make its way back home. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tina talks about wanting to take some visual pictures to take home with her. Uh, do you think she meant mental pictures here or specifically visual pictures? I think she specified that it was uh, mental pictures. Yeah, she's, uh, she says visual pictures. Which oh, are... She says visual pictures. Yeah, as opposed to like a, like a sound picture. Mm, that's true. Like an audio picture. <laughs> Maybe she has a camera in her eyes that we don't know about. <laughs> Maybe. And she's just blinking and taking pictures of everything. There's a book with a character that kind of does that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, What's that book called? Is it is it Cam Jansen or something? I read those books when I was a kid. That I just thought of, doesn't she like say click? She just has a p- photographic memory. Yeah. Yeah, she Cam Jansen. Yeah. Read them, everybody, if that's the, actually what that's called. Yeah, it might be that. It might be something else. I don't also know. don't know if it's good because I was like eight. <laughs> if you've got kids, have them read it at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Colby and Tina are both going to go to the highest point, and I think this is where Keith was, and I was wondering if you think they found the beef jerky that Kel, left be- or that Kel slash Keith left behind up on this uh, cliffside. Yeah, I think there was probably a little left that uh, Keith left for them and Kel left for Keith. Uh, there, there's got to be something that's pulling everyone up to this this high up cliff. I know it's not the view; it's a nice view, but it's not very strategic to go up there. There's got to be some sustenance there. I forget if Colby or Tina said this. I think it was Colby. He said that they were trying to get they were getting as high as they can. So mm-hmm. maybe that's like a coded language for what they were doing up there. Mm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Getting high as, as high as I can, a.k.a. slapping into a Slim Jim. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what they say. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> they did see a lot of kangaroos uh, not struggling to jump out of oh, thank goodness. water rapids this time. And they, they have a little bit of more time for talking about their game. Tina talks about Colby um, coming to win and his actions show that he's playing to win. I would argue that his actions over the last day do not show that he was playing to win. Yeah. That he was playing to make sure somebody that he likes wins. Yep. Uh, I don't know why Tina 
thought that. <laughs> I mean, Tina must know. Didn't didn't she mention at some point, or was that Colby who mentioned that? It's Colby. Yeah. 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 Colby's going to talk about sometimes you have to put on the black hat by playing selfishly. Yeah. And he hopes that he wore the white hat more than the black hat. And in those terms, I think he did wear the white hat just one time too many. Mm. And he, if he, he admits had... that Tina played the game the best. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If he had worn his black hat for just like two seconds at a certain moment, uh, he would have won the whole thing. So, Yeah. Put the wrong hat on sometimes. Wrong hat. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it you just it was dark, and you're you're just grabbing it before you go. You gotta go real quick, and you just <laughs> yeah. grab a hat. Ah, oh, dang! This is my good guy hat. Yeah. <laughs> dang it. Yeah. I was looking for the bad guy hat. <laughs> um, yeah. He he says that Tina wasn't under the radar like Amber. Uh, he doesn't say that. I just uh, added that in anecdotally that uh, Tina wasn't under the radar, but she also didn't ruffle any feathers. So that's kind of like the the middle ground where you want to be that you're out in front you're like having strategy and doing your own thing but people aren't mad at you and I feel like Tina did that very well. Yeah, I agree. I I I think she did ruffle feathers but it was always with the person that would be voted out that episode. Uh you know, like I think betraying Marilyn was probably ruffling some feathers but What's Marilyn going to do? I guess vote at the end of the show, but, uh, you know, what was Jerry going to do? Because she had definitely had a huge problem with Jerry, as everyone did. It was acceptable to ruffle those feathers. Yeah. Yeah, I think Amber is the one that she ruffled feathers the most of, and mm. she did vote for Colby. So, um, yeah, it's interesting yeah. to look at it from that angle. But, you know, the former Kucha people, like, they're not going to be, like, too mad at the other tribe for voting them out because they were going to do the same exact thing. So it's, right. it's kind of hard for them to critique her for doing that. So, yep. And they agree here that the winner will also get the survivor, the Australian Outback flag. Um, in addition to a million dollars, I'm sure the flag was really the main, the main uh, prize here. Yeah. It's, I feel like it should have gone to the loser. It's at least kind of a nice consolation prize, but also, if you got a million dollars, you can just very, very, very. If you got a hundred thousand dollars, you can very easily recreate this. It's mm -hmm. just a, it's just a piece of cloth with a logo on it. You can't recreate the aroma of their forty-two days out there, though. Mm. Every time they smell that, it just the memories come flooding back of fire and woolies and meltdowns and mm, boomerangs. Mm -hmm. I did see something when I was looking up stuff about this episode that uh, at one point Tina did still have this flag hung up at her house or something, and it did still have the same smell that it did when they left Aha! the island. What? <laughs> yep. That's amazing. Yep. And they're going to burn everything, uh, and it reminds Tina that when they built this final shelter, that was her lowest point of the game when they were like, so tired and hungry hobbling it together and they're just like sucks we need to build something and sucky shelter <laughs> yeah it was not great um but it was something and it got them to the end of the game so did she say it was the lowest point of the game i thought she said it was the lowest point of her life oh i don't know i didn't uh i didn't get that detail in there. <laughs> but colby definitely points out that like yeah she was uh mentally done at that point so yeah and uh, 
Colby says he's been selfish for a lot of this game, but he knows that it was not selfish to bring Tina. So he he and here's where he yeah. explicitly says, I don't even know if I have a fifty fifty shot against Tina. Dang. Yep. I don't get it. I wanna I wanna uh I wanna read a book by Colby about why he made this decision. Movie star Colby. And if he regrets it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to walk to the final tribal council. And as they go, Colby says, Rock and roll. Make tracks. Don't look back. Mm. I don't know if that's a song or anything, but I made note of it. I liked it. it It's motivating. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to make some tracks as the jury has uh, has the floor here to talk to us about what they're feeling leading into this final tribal council. Um, I'm checking here to see if anything is worth noting here. Amber says that she doesn't want to give the million to anyone. She wants it for herself. <laughs> yeah. So that sounds like Amber, but she she didn't stand a chance. No, I and I don't think she's allowed to vote for herself here uh, <laughs> at the end. Have we checked the rule books? Is there a way for one of the jury members to just slide past the rules and get that mill yeah well i mean when you've made the dean's list five times do you really need a million (laughs) dollars you have a million dollars in your heart yeah and then uh nick says colby is more intelligent than he thought and tina is more of a mastermind than he thought so they both surprised him but it also says that he had slightly low expectations for for the both of them so it's kind of like uh I thought you were going to be dumb, and I thought you were going to be uh, non-strategic. Right. But you surprised me. You're okay. <laughs> and then Jerry makes it seem like this is going to be another Sioux Hawk situation. Yep. Where she's so excited to be in a position of power again, and it's the two people who backstabbed her. And she wants them to look at who they've become in the game versus who they are in their real lives, which is rich coming from Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I was so looking forward to just a crazy, just over dramatic speech from her. Uh, we didn't get that. We got a simple question that she definitely didn't get the answer she was looking for, uh, to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I liked Elizabeth here talking about uh, she thought that Colby's competitive nature would have made him vote for Tina and keep Keith. And so that was a little surprising to her. Yeah. And she asks, you know, will the best person win? It's possible, but it's up to people who think that they are the best one. So, you know, these are all people who are slightly high on themselves, right? And so I think she makes a great point that, you know, they're in a tough spot where they're like, ah, I I don't think either of these people is better than me, but I have to vote for one of them. Right. Yeah. She almost sounded disappointed when she was saying this about Colby like I thought I thought better of you Colby mm-hmm. that you would play this game to win well it makes me think about when it was Elizabeth or Roger going home yeah you didn't hear Elizabeth saying like vote me out and keep Roger in the game you know she had that you know cutthroatness that Tina also had yeah um, it it's probably hard to see someone play like that after you've been actually trying to win and then someone just kind of throws the game and and a a bit of a sense Mm -hmm. and you know you want to see people 
playing as hard as they can because you want the best person to win if you're going to get tossed out like that. Right. You want the second best person to win. Um, (laughs) So they get to the final tribal and Jeff tells them that they are the final two because they've mastered human relationships. But he says if the jury doesn't like how they were voted out, then payback will be swift and sweet. Mm. Yeah. I think the secret is to make everyone hate you mm-hmm. for both of them yeah if both then, of them yeah what who are they going to vote for just they hate both mm-hmm. they have to vote vote unbiased yeah yep and we'll get into that with one of the questions here as yeah. to what i think uh some strategy mishaps that uh, <laughs> we have in these yeah. question answers oh yeah yeah uh, he first makes sure that the jury hasn't talked about who they're voting for which is interesting because they haven't even done the like the council yet so uh how would the in theory how would the jury know who they're voting for without uh getting a proper investigation into the game Uh, but they say no we haven't talked about who we're voting for yet and then they're gonna have opening statements and uh if you were to give a point to tina or colby for their opening statement where's your point go oh easily tina here uh Colby just does a really by the numbers uh, kind of boring speech, but Tina says, "Don't, don't cast your vote ba- based on hurt feelings. That's poor sportsmanship, or you know something along those lines." And uh, <laughs> I, I bet there is at least a couple people in that crowd that was definitely going to, probably still did uh, cast votes based on uh, what was done to them and the fact that they have hurt feelings. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that. Uh, you know, it's kind of a crazy request to make. You part of the game is getting these people to like you, uh, and not to hurt their feelings. So you know, it was definitely beneficial for Tina, probably for people not to vote with, uh, based on hurt feelings. But I don't know if that's a fair ask. Right. Yeah, she does say her family is worth more to her than one million dollars, and she wants everybody on the jury to have you know that family experience that she has so mm-hmm. she does a good job like including the jury and like uh you know i care about you and i hope mm-hmm. for the best for all of you and then colby right off the bat starts with uh i'm not sure i do deserve it over tina which is you know <sighs> the the greatest way to start your uh your your speech such or... a common blunder on survivor is people just shooting themselves in the foot yeah mm-hmm. uh, i you know vote me out guys i i'm not that great mm-hmm People will listen to you if you say that. Yep. He does say he felt like a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Yeah. Um, But he said, you know, I don't think I beat Tina in any one area of this game, but he totally beat her at the challenge portion. If people care about that, he needs to lean into it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I feel like people do care about that in the sense that they were annoyed with him for winning every challenge, so... Yeah, maybe he did play it smart. I don't know. It's tough to say. But he he did win the game physically, I would say. Like, it's pretty obvious. I think he was, like, the least affected by, like, the hunger and all of that. He Mm -hmm. did get more food than they did. But, you know, it's not like he was eating three meals a day. Uh, He was still hungry. I mean, yeah, I don't think him eating played into his uh, memory match victory or anything like that. 
I mean, come on. The guy only went to the bathroom three times in <laughs> 40 yeah. days or whatever. He didn't, eat that. he didn't eat that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into the jury's questions. And Roger calls back to uh, Richard about playing the game as ethically as possible. And he wants them to tell him when they didn't tell the truth in this game. It's a very confession-like question from Roger. Yeah. Yeah, is this where he basically, I, in my memory, he basically straight up quotes Richard from the first season where he's like, I believe I've played this game as ethically and morally as physically possible. And uh, Roger says something almost exactly the same here. Mm -hmm. It's very close, yeah. Yeah, I think he was, uh, he he definitely was calling back to what Richard said. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, and love this question. It's a great, great question. It's great. It's a great TV question because this is for stirring up some drama. Wouldn't mm -hmm. you lie to these people mm -hmm. instead of like, hmm, how did you get this far in the game? What's your secret? <laughs> He's like, is I Kermit the... the Frog one of the jurors <laughs> on this season? Uh, I think that was Alicia. That was my Alicia impression. Oh, okay. I think Alicia sounds a little bit more human than that, but I'll go okay. with it. I'll go with That's, it for now. Most of my impressions do sound like Kermit the Frog. I, mm -hmm. I will admit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great question, and they both have really good answers here, where Tina lied to Amber when Amber would ask her, who are we voting for, and Tina didn't tell her when it was Amber's turn to go. Mm -hmm. So that was the, the main time she lied. Uh, I wonder if Jerry also was lied to, but uh, we're not sure about that. Tina only told us one lie, even though Roger said, tell us two lies. Oh, did he say tell us two? You said, tell us a couple of your lies, which I will say that does mean different things regionally. Mm -hmm. Where I'm from, from a couple means two. For some other places, it means a few. Okay. But either way, neither condition was satisfied here. Only one lie was told mm -hmm. to us by Tina. Yeah. And uh, she does feel like she played ethically because, uh, you know, even by voting good, like people she wanted to do well out before other people. Um, that's completely within the grounds of the game, and she feels like she played ethically. This is a such a like interesting question in the game of Survivor, where there's so few rules. You mm -hmm. know what is what is ethics? So I think yeah. Tina does a good job here. And Colby, on the other hand, uh, says that he struggled with playing ethically if telling the truth is something that is you know required for playing ethically because he told Jerry and Amber that it was going to be the three of them for uh, final three, but mm -hmm. uh, he was lying about that, which we knew about uh, much earlier in the game. I mean, that's kind of a crazy thing to promise anyway, that early on. Like, how could you ever... He, he did not possess the power to make that happen, I don't think, even right. even though he was he knew he was lying when he said it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I feel like another point to Tina for Roger's question, but Colby does get Roger's vote, so uh, it was very close in Roger's mm -hmm. view. Um, Amber asked, "What three things got you here?" And that okay. is the worst question. Yeah, okay, it was the I, I I'm sorry, Alicia. It was Amber that had the most boring question ever. Mm -hmm. I do like the part about what are you gonna do with the money? Because um, I feel like they're trying to gather like a little bit of character from the people that they're voting for. Because it is about who played the best game, but it's also a lot of money. So I appreciate kind of the, the dilemma of if somebody's going to just like 
blow it all on a Harley Davidson or something, then maybe mm-hmm. you might not want to vote for that person. Dang. Yeah. Uh, which is Colby's answer for yep. the first thing he's going to spend it on. And then he had some interesting thing about buying his dad's antique office building and giving it back to him and then taking care of his mom. That was uh, something I attributed to Tina earlier, but that was Colby's thing. And the three things that got him there, like this is just such an arbitrary question. So boring. Yeah, he says water as one of his three things. Yeah. So I I like kind of just taking like the most boring answer to the most boring question approach. (laughs) Yeah, he said water because he drank a lot of it and it made him feel not so hungry. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, Tina says that strategy got her there, and she has a really smart thing, a uh, smart answer of saying, Colby helped get me here, because yep. it is very humble to admit that your competitor had a very uh, important part in getting you to where you are. Yeah, she kind of admits here that she really shouldn't have m- moved forward in a way, I think. I think she implied that with uh, saying that Colby helped her by bringing her forward when yeah. he really didn't have to yeah uh, so yeah that was that was a great answer to that question uh like you said very humble and i think going second in some of these questions helps a little bit because like colby didn't say tina helped him but tina absolutely helped mm. him get there and oh, yeah again amber votes for colby so it's interesting that i'm saying these things about tina's answers when these two people voted for uh, Colby, but I do think it helps with the whole jury to get a picture of who they want to vote for. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, Tina lied to Amber, so it's going to be tough for her to to vote for Tina uh, over Colby, who was like her one of her good friends, you know, yeah. through, through this game. So even after Tina said not to vote based on hurt feelings, mm-hmm. I, what was Amber thinking? I know, but Tina says she's going to pay off you know, the houses of her and her friend and then set up that fund. So we'll, ch- we'll check on that. We'll, we'll have an update someday okay, whether, that, great. whether that fund is uh, still in use. And then Elizabeth's question is great about which two jury members would you exclude from getting a million dollars? There we go. Now we're back to dra- drama questions. Yep. That's, this is the good stuff. This is the meat and potatoes. Yep. And uh, Tina says Jerry and Roger. Good answer. Jerry uh, was disliked by all, and Roger is older and has money. He's talked about how he has money. Right. And Colby says Jerry and Keith. Um, instead of picking the same two people that Tina did to not ruffle any additional feathers. Yeah. Yeah, That that is so true of you to point that out. Yeah, he could have just said the same people, but instead he's like, no, let me, let me pull Keith into this. Mm-hmm. I don't want Keith to vote for me. <laughs> yeah. And then Keith is going to ask when they manipulated uh, in the game. Bit of a rehash question here. Yeah. Uh, like, when did you lie? But they yeah. take it in a different direction with their answers, where they both talk about voting Mitchell off instead of Keith. And they mm-hmm. said, like, that manipulated, like, the order of how things are going to go, which I thought was, like, kind of a weird interpretation of the word manipulation because Keith wanted to know when they like misled people or something. Yeah. yeah. They were like, we already answered this question. Let's just pretend he asked a different question. Yeah. Answer that one instead. Yep. Yep. So they both say 
keeping Keith over Mitchell. And Tina says, I prefer to call it strategy more than manipulation, but mm. uh, it doesn't make sense either way. I don't think that sounds like a Richard Hatch quote. Mm -hmm. I call it strategy, baby, not manipulation. Yep. Alicia congratulates them both in her best Kermit the Frog impression. Um, <laughs> what were you most or least proud of? How's that? That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, and Tina was proud of her role here. You know, she had like power to give Keith immunity and that she was, you know, providing more than she thought she would uh, in that role. And her least proud moment is voting people off, which is a very political answer. I hated voting yeah. all of you off. Yeah, kind of a cop-out answer. Yeah, very cop-out. Oh, oh, you hated it. Well, you had to do it. Mm -hmm. So that you're least proud of something you had to do that was part of the game? All right, yeah. Tina. Yep. And Colby was least proud of not respecting the land and taking the environment <laughs> for granted, which the land has done a number on these jurors who watched yeah. their tribe member get evacuated by falling into a fire <laughs> and uh, watched all their stuff wash away so weird maybe moment. that's what he meant he's they're not respecting the land like they're getting way too close to things that are so dangerous they're building their houses in riverbeds they're like well eh, whatever we can do whatever we want and then the land is like excuse us mm -hmm. we're the land yeah maybe that's what he was going for but i thought it was interesting that he said yeah. that um and he's most proud of coming from behind and winning that fire and water bucket challenge am i crazy here i don't i don't remember them showing that he had a huge deficit during that that challenge did they they did they showed like he was the last person to um you know mm. go to start doing his uh water thing either way him talking about that uh, in this episode was it kind of pumped me up I was like dang he's like if I just dig deep and uh, really work hard on this like I might be able to win this thing and he somehow incredibly comes back in his story I, I don't remember the incredible comeback uh, in the episode though yeah yep and then Nick says both of them played a hell of a game and he asks if Mike didn't get evacuated who would be the final two that's a great question it's a good question. Um, both of the uh, final two say Mike would be one of them. Yeah. Uh, Colby says that Nick would be the other one, uh, which is a good answer. Nick's the one asking the question. Like, nice. Nick, you had it all together. I saw it from the beginning. That It feels like such a lie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he would say Nick. Uh, I would say Jeff or Alicia more likely than, or Elizabeth more likely than Nick. Um, mm -hmm. And then Tina doesn't know how to answer the second person, but she says Mike would be one of them. Yeah, I didn't even know that was allowed. She's just like, yeah, whatever. I, d I don't even want to answer this one. What if it ha Are there going to be survivors in the final two that are just like, ah, eh, I don't really feel like answering any of these questions. Well, Colby just didn't... here so I won't get fined. Colby didn't feel like giving a uh, closing statement. So. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll see it with the question section. And here we get to Jerry, and we've been building up this anticipation oh boy. for Jerry to get up there and what's she gonna say? Give a three-minute speech about uh, kangaroos and snakes, or mm. kangaroos and spiders. Uh, to, wallabies. Yeah, kangaroos and wallabies. But <laughs> nope, she just wants to give them space, 
you know, we need a little bit more time for reflection. I want to allow you to clear your conscience by bringing up any moments during the course of this game that you might have felt some sense of guilt, remorse, or regret for something you might have done to another person. Yeah, and it's so clear from the look on her face and the way she's looking at them that she is just fishing for apologies here. She's like, I am giving you the floor to tell me uh, how much you wronged me on this show. Mm -hmm. uh, but they do not take that bait. They don't mention Jerry in their answers. Nope. Uh, Tina is regretful about looking in Kel's bag for beef jerky, which not only is something uh, apologizing to Jerry, it's literally something that Jerry wanted her to do. So, yeah. <laughs> like the I'm sorry I listened to you. Yeah, she says, someone <laughs> told me to look in <laughs> Kel's bag. I didn't even notice that. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that should have been her least proud moment, though, because that was something she did by her own volition and was definitely wrong. I honestly think she hadn't thought of it at that point yeah. in the tribal, so she was like, uh, every tribal council? Tribal council. Yeah. She's, like, looking around for things to give her ideas. She's like, this is tribal council. I can say that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Colby feels guilty about voting off Roger, Elizabeth, and Alicia when they Just did. Those. Yeah, not mm -hmm. Jerry. Uh, because, uh, like, they voted Alicia out for being a physical threat, which he says is shallow as hell. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he's guilty about those things, but he doesn't have any regrets about it. Yeah. Yeah, just love how they completely skate around any address of Jerry, besides indirectly bashing her. Yeah. Then they're going to be asked for closing statements by Jeff, and Colby says, you know, it's not because I don't have respect for anyone, but I don't have any. Um, it's a great end to an essay. Uh, I don't have any closing statements. <laughs> um, yeah. What were you thinking in that moment? Do you feel like Colby's losing it here? I, losing I, the game? Part of me... You for me this i wasn't sure part of me is just thinking that colby is just throwing at this point he's happy with the hundred thousand and he actually just wants tina to win he's saying he wants a harley davidson uh with with the money and uh he completely skips he could have said anything he could have just said oh thank you guys for showing up here but no he he, he just dodges it completely that's like leaving your backpack behind and going to tribal council mm -hmm. uh it, it does seem to me, w with reflection, as that is the theme of this episode, that, uh, yeah, it almost seemed like he wanted to lose. Mm -hmm. It does seem that way. Like, you could say anything, like, you all helped me get here, and I'm yeah. just lucky enough to be in the final two because I won some challenges, but I do feel like, you know, I liked the experience, and I like all of you, and I hope that you'll give me a million dollars or give me the vote yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah anything he could have said jeff i love you he just anything to play to the crowd but no nothing at all maybe he's just exhausted you may not recognize me but i am from colby and jeff take miami and <laughs> jeff and i knew each other before the game i'm sorry <laughs> oh no just admitting yeah uh but tina has a wonderful closing statement about comparing survivor to the game of backgammon which full disclosure I have no idea how to play backgammon. 
I don't either. they know how because they had the backgammon board that they were playing on the whole entire game. And she says, you know, there's strategy in backgammon. It's nothing personal when you're playing against somebody in backgammon. You don't just let them win by bringing yeah. the person to the final two that is going to beat you in backgammon. Uh, it's all strategy, and it's the same way in Survivor. Nothing was personal. It was just strategy. So she leans into... I had a strategy, I executed it. You all were the, you know, unfortunate victims of that because everybody has to be voted off, but I played well. So Yeah. It's kind of ironic because the reason she's even able to be there is because someone didn't play the game with strategy for just one second. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, she was never in any danger really of getting voted out until that last tribal and uh, he took he took her with him. So mm-hmm. So they're going to get to the vote, and Colby and Tina are doing some, like, holding each other while everybody is voting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously more desirable contact than if Colby and Jerry (laughs) were sitting at the final two. What would they be doing? Like, facing away from each other, probably. It would have been a spicy final two with them trashing each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Roger votes for Colby. He thinks he pl- he thinks Colby played harder than Tina, but he says it was really close. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe if Colby said he would exclude Roger from the million, he might not have gotten Roger's vote. So that's uh, like a little bit in favor of Colby making the right decision right. earlier to not call out Roger. But I still think uh, playing the odds, you got to say the same two people. Um, Alicia votes for Tina. She thinks that Colby would be more likely to be like her friend in real life but Tina had the strategy and is a smart woman mm-hmm. and then Amber says Tina you haven't gotten a vote yet in this game and you won't get one from me <laughs> that's clever yeah it's pretty yeah. good um, He said, she says if you win this Colby congratulations buddy and I think I got uh she said he was more straightforward with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that really does heavily suggest that she was voting based on feelings, just feeling betrayed by Tina. Yeah. Yep, that is true. Uh, Jerry votes for Tina because she is the mastermind. And her greatest strategy was getting Colby to take her to the final two over Keith. So this is the deciding vote, right? Like, this yeah. is the one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,. Yeah, it's is I guess it's the final vote, isn't it? Uh, it's not. Uh, is it the? F- I, well, it's the final vote that they show. Um, yeah. I think you know it's clear that uh, nobody else would vote Keith over Colby. Uh, I'm guessing, like maybe Roger, mm-hmm. but Jerry specifically calling out that you know all Colby had to do was take Keith, and he had my vote is uh, mm. is quite the call out. So dang, yeah, and she respects Tina for her strategy because Jerry was playing the game with strategy like she was uh, trying to lie and manipulate and do all the things so she uh, likes the game that Tina played and, yeah yeah. and I do have some other voting confessionals from the DVD copy as well that, that were not shown uh, on screen for us you're going to read them here? I'm going to read them here oh my gosh what a uh, treat yes so we saw four and I have the last three um Elizabeth says, both of you played an incredible, incredible game. And Colby, I have no doubt in my mind that you'll get your haul. Your potential is phenomenal. 
Tina, however, has my vote tonight. Keep that fund going and keep me posted. Fund going, I'm guessing. Fund. Keep that fund going and keep me posted. Yeah. So she wants the updates uh, on the fund. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get it. <laughs> and then Keith voted for... Keith voted for Tina, of course. Mm-hmm. And he says that you came in as a really tough competitor. You tried really hard. You never gave up. And you tried so hard to win some of those challenges. And in my mind, I kind of thought you'd win this whole thing. And I always wanted to say to you, don't worry about the little ones because you're probably going to get the big one. So hopefully this goes hmm. your way. So Keith saw wow. this coming. That's just, that's very heartfelt from, from Keith. Yeah. I think he, he was very close with uh, Tina. I think they had a mm. good bond also, which shows that Tina had the bond with both of the final three and Colby only had the bond with one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then finally, Nick says he came in undecided about who he was going to vote for. Uh, My question was important, and I think Colby was honest and direct. That was the question about which Mm. two would be sitting there in the end. He just liked that he said Nick would make it. He says, "Um, Tina didn't answer it. She kind of dodged around it, and she shouldn't have. Best of luck. Luck to the both of you. It was just because of his question. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Those are all the seven confessionals. So now we know uh, who each vote went to. That's great. Thank you. But what a, a Christmas miracle! A Christmas miracle. But the Christmas present, the the miracle here, we'll have to wait for the contestants because Jeff goes and gets the votes, and you think he's just gonna read them like yeah. he did for Richard Hatch, but no, he's gonna leave them on a helicopter headed straight for Los Angeles. Yeah, it's it's shocking. It was I could I had no idea that was going to happen. The helicopter flies in seemingly out of nowhere, and just Jeff just hops on. He's like, "You're gonna have to wait. See you in L.A." And then flies away, and it's basically cut together like it's one continuous helicopter ride. Mm-hmm. Which... Well, do you mean it? Wait, what do you mean it was cut together? You, well... you don't think this was one continuous <laughs> five month long helicopter ride? <laughs> it's just. Uh, it's hilarious to imagine uh, the, all of the survivors rushing to make it there before Jeff and get their makeup on and you know gain the weight back mm-hmm. before he uh, touches down and in this very long scene of the helicopter flying through the city, it just is, completely over the top. It is so long. If we if we took as much time to talk about this scene, you know, percentage wise, as we have for <laughs> like most of the show, we'd be talking about this scene for like. 10 minutes yeah they dedicated such a long scene 10% of this episode to a helicopter flying in with yeah. the vote tallies yeah so we're live in LA for the finale or for the reading of the votes and the reunion so exciting and uh you know Jeff is in the helicopter and the music is live and there's people singing the survivor song and there's a dig- yes! didgeridoo player and it's just everybody's there yeah it's oh, amazing wait is our didgeridoo player here Oh, he's here. Okay, well, we'll just have that over the rest of the episode as we talk about this scene. Uh, you know, we got to see CBS, the real CBS. Oh, my goodness. They, Someone in that building would go on to later 
click follow on our Twitter account. <laughs> they would, yes. I'm sure that they still work there to this day. <laughs> uh, their job title has changed. I'm sure they Twitter weren't. didn't invent yet. Social media manager, yet. yeah, didn't exist. Uh, but, yeah. Yep, that person now clicked follow on our Twitter account. Thank you so much, CBS, for that follow. Thank you, CBS. That's the real Christmas miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody out there, if you're looking for some last-minute Christmas gifts for me or Scott, yeah. follow our Twitter account, <laughs> SS Survivor Pod. Uh, we'll love it, and we will consider giving you a follow-back if we didn't give you a Christmas present already. Oh. Yeah. And uh, Jeff is going to walk out of the helicopter. They land on the Survivor landing pad, and, uh, you know, he walks out with the votes. You know, he he just has been on that helicopter for him. so long, and he still has the votes. Okay, but for real, though, where did these votes go? Were they in, like, some super secret CBS safe this whole time for these five months? Just like, no one could touch these or see these. There is a funny story about the votes uh, at some point in Survivor history. I don't know what season, but I will oh. figure it out, and I will... Uh, I will give you that story when we get there. It could be, Ooh. it could be in you know a few weeks, or it could be in several years down the road. I don't remember. Right. I honestly don't remember which season. But yeah, I think I'm they just looking forward to five years from now. They just seal them, and they can't. I mean, he says it was sealed, right? Doesn't he? Um, I think Jeff sits on them like an egg, like <laughs> the mother, the mother bird. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Jeff you know points out that colby just took a deep breath when he sits down and colby's like that feels like the first breath i've taken for two hours and <laughs> he's just so nervous and so excited and he says this is the way it should be like not knowing who is gonna win so i mean this is very intense yeah colby did his best to make this as even as it possibly could be uh and as interesting as it could be mm-hmm. uh, as to who would actually take this uh competition yeah, and Jeff's going to point out a few things before he gets to the votes. He's really dragging it uh, before they get to It's read dragged them. so much. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's probably I, I, three commercial breaks on the actual uh, airing of the show, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, and he says that Tina looks subdued, and you know she was always calm during the game, and she says, I look like that but i've been emotional and crying backstage watching this episode with everybody (laughs) so this is a very emotional time for them and she says no matter what happens like we are a close-knit group and i'm sure that's true to this day i'm sure all 16 live together in the same uh same community and they're just (laughs) loving life together i don't know keith watching this episode i think he probably got a different take out of it than emotional perhaps yeah um she isn't second guessing any part of her game. She says most of it is luck. Uh, you have to have some strategy, but most of it is luck. Why she's sitting there, and I think uh, at this point it's like you don't have to pander anymore. You already yeah. Did it. The votes have been done, Tina. Please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Colby says that he wishes he sucked up more to Alicia because he did not get his vote, and he thought that he was going to get her vote. So uh, mm. he messed up there, and they still That's have. Very funny. Kobe and Tina still have an incredible bond together, so that is nice. Um, and this is where Colby says that you can never predict the winner, and I hope, like you said earlier, that that 1 in 16 chance comes true for you someday, Scott, uh, because we'll send Colby the proof 
that you have correctly predicted <laughs> the winner. I'll be the first man or woman on the planet to correctly guess as their first guess the survivor victor mm -hmm. and the winner of this season is going to get a pontiac aztec which is going to be the same one that colby already has yeah interesting decision here we we needed to milk that brand deal further so yeah why why wouldn't he want two weird tent cars mm -hmm. uh it's a tent mobile on the podcast i believe after the last <laughs> uh, podcast title okay um yeah, and uh, they're gonna get the survivor flag, and Jeff points out that it still smells like, it still smells like the Herbert River, um, and the one million dollar check, and the most important thing is the title of Survivor: The Australian Outback. Mm. Agree. That's not that's not the most important thing. I I would give it to the money personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I would give it to the uh, tent mobile. <laughs> that's what is really gonna. Uh, be a good investment as the years go by. You go to the Pontiac dealership. You think they're selling the tent cars on the lot? That's no worth way. a lot. Yeah. No, you got to go on eBay and go for that limited edition mm -hmm. Survivor, the Australian Outback tent mobile. Good yeah. luck. And this has been the whole time that we've got to gone over all these things. He still has not read the votes, and yeah. it's just dragging and dragging. Yeah, he's going over. All the rules over again, even though we've already heard them, I think, in this episode. And he's like, one more time for the crowd. Let's let, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was for the crowd. Could be. Do you think they're like paid actors in the crowd or? <laughs> no, no, no. The whole country's dying to see this show. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it probably is for the crowd. Um, and then he's going to finally read the votes and it starts with two votes for Tina. And then three straight votes for Colby. Mm -hmm. And then Jeff knows that the anticipation is killing them, and he slows down, and he flips Tina for the Whoa. third vote for Tina. And she says, I told you that it was going to be, you. you know, I told you it was going to be come down to one vote. Yeah. And, uh, and then the final vote, the winner of Survivor, the Australian Outback, Tina. And the most excited person you'd have to say is who it's colby it's colby he just stands up and is immediately so pumped for tina it it, it seemed like he was spring-loaded no matter what the the uh the, the victor was announced to be he was going to celebrate so much uh and yeah he seems like such a great sport here uh i I know I joked about him uh, throwing the game. I don't think he did. I really think he was really nervous to see who won here. And when he saw it was Tina, yeah, he, he responds so positively uh, and is so joyful with her. Yes. Yeah, it's it's great. I love that moment that it it's like one of the – it's almost surreal because you're like, wait, did I hear the name wrong? Like it looks like Colby won, but like Tina's the one that like, – <laughs> face yeah. face in her hands like looks like she's breaking down like in sadness but and colby's pumped right. up but he's pumped up for her and he's like come on like get up like you just won yeah it's it, it i really like to compare it with the the last season and how it just felt so much more wholesome than the last season it's not about nature taking its course it's about Kind, almost like human kindness uh, mm -hmm. was the the moral of the story uh, mm -hmm. with this victory with Tina. Yeah. 
Yep, yep. They're big fans of each other, Colby and Tina here. Um, and then uh, everybody starts kissing each other. Right on the, the Pot lips. Potentially on the mouth, yeah. Uh, yeah. Looks like it for, for a lot of them. Yeah. They're very excited. Yeah. They're, they're just going in. Yeah. You can't blame them. Yeah. It's just nature's way. Everybody, <laughs> when somebody wins a million dollars, everybody just starts kissing each other. The snake kisses the rat, as they say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the motto for season two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they show Jeff extinguishing Colby's torch as we leave. Uh, well, first we show a replay of Colby celebrating Tina's wedding. Yeah. Uh, also, they don't show him extinguishing the the torch. They show him attempting to, and then they cut away after the flame's not really going out. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if that was like not a real flame, and so it was like not gonna go out. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. They, they definitely don't want those stage flames to go out because no. that would be live on TV. So yeah. maybe it was just stronger than the normal uh, torches. Yeah. And so that's it before they get to the reunion, which we'll talk about next time. Ooh, what you, an episode. Scott, you made it through two, uh, two games of Survivor. Yeah. Um, everything's said and done for uh, season two. And I know we'll talk more about reflecting on all of season two uh when we come to the, our reunion episode but it is cool to see uh how differently this played out than i thought it would after watching the first season i thought it would have basically played out very similarly to the first season except just they know what's going on now but it kind of like i just said like it was a different ending to it that was more wholesome and, and less cutthroat which kind of came out of nowhere mm-hmm yeah, and I would like to start something uh, here now that we've finished a second season, which is to have a few running lists as we go through our podcast through the different seasons. And mm. I want to get your uh, in order of your winner rankings between Tina and Richard, and then we can keep this going throughout the series to see how you feel about all the winners. Oh, which one I like better? I think you can have your own criteria. I was thinking, like, who is the best winner? Who's the best winner? Yeah. Um, or, like, who played the best game? Oh, it's Richard. It's Richard It's so definitely far. Richard, yeah. Okay. Tina, I think Tina, I don't want to, it's it's not as obvious as I just made it sound. I, I really do think Tina, Tina did an incredible job and was actually a very fierce competitor uh, and was probably a little bit nicer than Richard, at least on the outside. Richard didn't really try to hide uh, who he was most of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess he was pretty manipulative, but uh, he was just doing his thing. But I do think that, I mean, Richard didn't really need any help from anyone uh, to win the whole thing. And I feel like Tina was springboarded to victory in some senses. I, I'm not saying she didn't earn it. I, I really think she did and did an incredible job. Yeah. But Richard takes it. Richard takes it so far. And then the second list is uh, which was the better or which was your favorite or better season, depending on whichever one you want to you wanna go with. Okay. I It's it's not hard for me. It's It was season one. I liked season one better. Season one. Uh, I loved the, the snake rat speech. I loved how dramatic that was at the end. Um, I, I like that they're not trying to force drama like that. And we had something that was a little more human. Uh, mm -hmm and the end of season two but season one just felt a lot, a lot more cruel 
Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I know I was against it at the time, but looking back, it, it was it was very memorable. But mm-hmm. both were incredible, enjoyable seasons. Yep, I agree with you on both points, uh, Richard, and uh, season one so far at the top of those lists. So, yeah, I'm so excited to keep going with those lists, and I'm sure we'll get super jumbled as we go, and it will be <laughs> really hard to remember and compare every season to the new one that we watch. But uh, before we get to season three, we will have our reunion episode. And as has become, well, will become tradition once we do it for a second time, we will have a guest with us to go over the reunion. Oh boy. And the you know season as a whole have some reflection time, like Scott said, to talk about season two. Maybe after some reflection, we'll do some reordering in our rankings, but probably not. Probably um, not. Yeah, probably not. So uh, we will have that for you at some point uh, soon, probably in the new year, um, as you know, today is Christmas. And so we've got a lot going on with family and stuff over the next few days. So uh, we'll bring that to you at some point in 2022. But Scott, before we get there, anything else that you have for season two, the game portion? Okay. Um, Merry Christmas is that I guess that's not really related to season two I just I did want to say that one more time before our episode ended I think it was your impression of Colby's mom bringing everybody gifts in that uh, <laughs> large sack as yeah. she came to camp yeah. this, that was a Christmas episode mm-hmm. definitely Yeah. well we said one of our episodes before was a seasonal Thanksgiving episode and this one will be a seasonal Christmas episode great yeah. oh that's fantastic yes. yeah I had so much fun recording this uh season two uh podcast with you i can't wait for season three i i i think one of the most fun moments is just seeing all the new survivors uh so i certainly look forward to that um i think my second favorite moment and recurring moment in in these seasons is the question portion at the end where the all the jury members ask their questions so i'll look forward to that as well when we get to season three we have a, a, a lot of episodes before uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. before we get to that for a third time but yeah uh that just about does it for the game portion of survivor of the australian outback congratulations to tina you won that flag it smells great and it's hanging in your house uh probably right next to the login information for that uh help somebody fund that i'm sure that you set up after winning so Thank you, everybody, for listening to this Christmas edition of Scott Survive Survivor. Follow us on Twitter at SSSurvivorPod, and we will see you here next time for the reunion. Take care. See ya.